Hi, I'm Jane. And I'm Hugh. And you are listening to That'll Teach You. Hi, Jane. Hi, Hugh. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. It's another another wet, wintry day. I was in school late, but now back here to record a podcast with you. Do you know what we should tell our listeners, which we haven't told our listeners yet, that every Wednesday after school, we go to a staff dance class. And when I say it is the most crack ever, so that's what we were doing today. We had our staff dance class. Yeah, I mean, it's the most crack ever. You, you'd say it probably won't surprise people who know us to hear that I'm not the world's most natural dancer. But yeah, maybe we should maybe we should post some videos from our dance class. I'm Absolutely hoping, not. <laughs> I'm hoping to get our dance teacher on actually to talk about dance and movement and obviously it's a big part of PE, you know? So It is. But anyways, we could talk about dance. This isn't a dance episode. This no. is a different episode. We are delighted to be joined with a guest uh today. So we have Gillian, also known as the glitter and coffee teacher on Instagram. Hi Gillian, thank you so much for joining us. Hi Jane, hi Hugh, how are you? Hi Gillian, thanks for coming on. Did you do a staff dance class after school? <laughs> I didn't, but I'm thinking that I would love to do a staff dance class. I, I think that would be brilliant. You could start, you could start yeah. a staff dance class. Or I would school. say the staff would be delighted with that. If I bring that in now, they'd be delighted with that. Yeah. <laughs> and you could also go to the pub after school. And just dance there. And dance there. I could, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of dancing do you do? Contemporary. <laughs> I like it. No, we're learning the basics, like the fundamentals, though, as well. Our dance teacher would be so happy to hear us say that we learned the parabore. Yeah. And oh. the. Jeté. Jeté. Oh, a jeté. Very good, all the ballet and terms. What else do we have? <laughs> okay, hang on. A plié. This sounds have you got like. A plie? You, you know a bit about dance, do you? Did you dance? I do. I do. Yeah. <gasps> I did ballet until I was about 16. I did modern dancing. I have done dance classes, little claim to fame. I did dance classes, um, cha-cha, salsa, jive, all of those. And the dance instructor was Brian. Oh, he's the judge on Dancing with the Stars oh, now. Oh, wow. He was, he was the dance instructor. Yeah, he was deadly. He's brilliant, obviously. That is incredible. Maybe this episode is going to be Maybe, yeah. Dance. Maybe we'll be changing yeah, our maybe topic. Maybe we'll change the topic. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love dance. I do, I have to say. And I did uh, Strictly Come Dancing for a fundraiser for the school about 10 years ago. Yeah, it's good. I love it. Wow. You've blown us away now. We just, yeah. we were just, we were just, just chit-chatting. <laughs> I am, I am interested. The glitter and coffee teacher, do you allow glitter in your classroom? Glitter is my favourite thing. I have two full boxes Sorry, of glitter. Can I just say, as you're saying that, your top is glittering. Yeah. Just, just for the listeners. It's a she very, has a glittery yeah. top on. It's a very Strictly top i feel it is very it's yes it is very sparkly actually one of the girls in my class said to me today is there every day you're not wearing something sparkly and i was like no why would i not be wearing something sparkly life is to be lived life is to be lived i'd say am i the only teacher who loves glitter you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna really focus on the coffee element of your name because I'm a big <laughs> coffee drinker and I like yeah. I really like it's like hook it hook it to my veins type of coffee Me drinker. Too. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna ignore the glitter part because I hate glitter. 
See, oh, the I thing is, glitter. I think my classroom is so messy that actually a bit of glitter would probably just make the mess look a bit more <laughs> glamorous, Pretty. you know? What you could do, Hugh, is you could dance around and shake some glitter as you're practicing your dance moves. Yeah. Sam would be so annoyed if we brought glitter to our dance class. Like, she, I brought, oh my God, you, now you're a dancer, so you're going to understand this. I brought, I, I was chewing chewing gum one of the days, and I was chewing it away, and then she looked at me, we were, we were, we were traveling across the room. There you go, we were traveling across Very the good. room. We were doing a few different types of um, movements. I thought, oh my God, I can't remember with other, with other words. And she looked at me and she was like, Jane, are you chewing, chewing gum? And I like, I actually felt like the boldest child in the world. <laughs> so bold. And she still had to let me forget it. <laughs> Sorry, obviously, Sam. Obviously, Jane just shut her mouth and went. <laughs> yeah. Swallowed it straight Definitely away. Not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I am known in school. If you want glitter, go to Jill's classroom. If you want coffee, go to Jill's classroom. <laughs> so I suppose today what we're looking at is one aspect of the oral language part of the English curriculum, and that is debating and public speaking, I suppose, within the classroom. My husband would say I'm very good at debating. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's like when the kids come in to me and say, oh, Mr. O'Connor, I'm going to be a great debater because my mom says I'm always arguing with her. And I have to say, well... You know, debating is more about listening than it is about speaking, so we'll see how you do. Yeah, yeah. But you obviously enjoy bringing debating into the classroom, do you? I, I do, yeah. So um, I, I did debating myself in school. I did public speaking. And then last year we registered for the concern debate, the active citizenship debate. So I knew I was going on maternity leave, so one of the other teachers led it, and he was absolutely brilliant. So we've never done it before in our school. We just chatted together, and we said, will we try it? Will we see how it goes? And we actually got to the final of Kildare. So we were, you know, we did very well. We both kind of got a, a right grow for it. And then he has moved from sixth class, so I registered this year. So we had our first round of the debate today. But it's just it's just amazing thing to do with the children. So we have we're in a big school, so we have three six classes. So we had one child from each, and we had all of the the classes researching and working together. And we had class debates, and you know we had mini debates and everything. And now we're into the second round. We won today, so we're we're into the second round. So again, we're going to change the team. We're going to get other children involved. But I just see there's. There's so much value in it. The re- it's just a wonderful way to kind of engage the children in, in so many aspects of the curriculum. You know, you've got your writing, your researching, your speaking. You know, it's, I, just, I just think it's amazing. It's also so easy to connect it to SPHE, history, oh, yeah. geography, English, any, any subject really that you want to. Exactly. Yeah, and I've always done some debating just as part of teaching English in the various classes I've been in. But two years ago, we entered a debating competition as well with other schools and... After we did that, it went so well and it was such a great experience for the the kids that I went to our principal and I said, look, I really think we should do this as an after school club. And so we set that up last year. So this is the second year now that I'm teaching that after school. And it's just been brilliant. And really, it's about kids just realizing that they are able to get up, stand up, speak in front of other people, just build their confidence all the different skills yeah. you've mentioned already. And, you know, I have a girl this year who, the very first class, I asked them all to tell us why they chose to do debating. And she said, well, it's because I'm really, really, really afraid of standing up and speaking in front of people. And I said, okay, but you've just done it, you know? So, And she's coming on leaps and bounds. And she might not turn out to be the greatest debater in the world, but it's not about that. It's about building that confidence and, yeah, realizing what you can do. 
Exactly. And I think it's just such a, it can be such a team effort. Like what we, we did for our research is that when we have the Chromebooks, you know, the, the session on the Chromebooks, we were researching our motion, we were researching our points. And I think you've got your children who are really good at that. Then you can have your script writers. I mean, all the best politicians don't write their own speeches. So you can have the kids who are really good at that, but don't want to speak in front of somebody. And then you've got the child who might not be great at writing, but they can present and they can, you know, so you can, you can hit so many different areas. And I think for me, the confidence as well. I mean, one of our girls today, um, she's a very softly spoken girl, very, very academic, but very softly spoken. And she, I took a chance and I made her the captain. She was, I mean, blew us all away. We all had tears in our eyes all week listening to her. Oh, she was amazing. And, you know, she's a kind of a small, slight girl. She's a gorgeous girl. And this different person came out, you know, shoulders back and started her speech and she didn't falter and she was just wonderful, kept looking up. And wow. we all stood there with tears in our eyes and goosebumps. And we were like, I don't care if we win or lose. This is the win here. Yeah, I had a very similar experience last year. There was a girl in the other sixth class who I didn't know all that well, but I just knew her as being extremely quiet. And I'd spoken with her very little over the course mm. of the year. But the other sixth class teachers said, Hugh, wait till you hear her. She's going to be on your debating team. And I sort of said, yeah, sure, fine, you know. But then I got them to send in sort of a little audition tape on it, um, on, a, on a topic I gave them. Really, it's to, it's to trim the numbers down to the people who I think are actually serious about wanting to do it. And she sent me hers in and I immediately went into the principal and was like, We've, we've got ourselves a debater here, you know, and she was just fantastic and she was great on the team. And I was speaking to her mum and she said, oh, yeah, you know, she's actually really disappointed that there isn't any more competitive debating Aww. this year. But, you know, hopefully she'll take it forward into secondary school. And again, the main thing that she's taking forward is that confidence. And so it's yeah. amazing to see a child sort of blossom like that in a way you wouldn't have expected yeah oh that's so lovely and i think as you say not really to focus on the the competitive side but like i mean the debate we're in now we might lose the next round it's going to end at some point so i think you know the fact that we have three six classes we're so lucky that we can debate against each other so we can have our mini debates in the classroom and then you can say okay well we're gonna you know you versus us or whatever way it is so i think having those more informal debates can actually be so good for the children because they just love researching it and they just love the whole process, you know, from here's our motion and we all go, ooh, and we are to oppose that. Yeah. To getting to your motion, to, to your speech and going, how would you say the other? You know, they've done so much work on it and I just think the whole process is just so good for them. And I mean, you can just tick your plans, tick, 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 we've covered it all, oral language, writing, everything I think it just you know it's just so good for the children yeah and I think even in the preparation I mean what I'd always suggest is let's say there's a team of four in my debating club or just in the classroom debate and I say okay well two of you start coming up with the arguments for your side but the other two start coming up with the arguments for the other side because that's exactly what we did then you're going to be better able to deal with the arguments that come up against you and it's what I'm always saying to them yeah. the difference between debating and public speaking is that you're engaging with the other side. And I think that's what can be so difficult and is a challenge, but is then also what makes it so rewarding. Even the other day, I did one which was, okay, every adult has to serve uh, two years in the army. I said, those who think they should go on that side of the room, those who think they shouldn't go on the other side of the room. And then I'll pick, say, Jane, you know, and I say, Jane, so, okay, tell me why 
they should have to serve in the army. And she'll say, oh, oh no, this side is actually the side where, where we think they don't. And I say, yeah, I don't mind. Come on, tell me why they should though. And then, then suddenly they have to realize straight away that there are two sides to every argument, you know? So instantly they're thinking on their feet and they're looking at things from a different perspective. Exactly. That's what we did. We actually had on the whiteboard, we were doing a brainstorm and we had um, our side written in black writing and then we had their side written in blue writing. So anytime anybody thought of something, it was like, oh, put that up on the blue side. And we were trying to then think of, well, how could we form a rebuttal on this? And how can, because that's obviously the hardest part of deba debating. You can practice, you can write your speech, but it's the debuttal, the, the debuttal, <laughs> rebuttal on the day that, you know, you can't practice that. Yeah. And, and that, that comes with practice and comes with constantly doing their debating but we were trying to think well if they say this how can we rebut against it so i think giving them the other side of the argument as well not just focusing on your own yeah it's the why 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 keep asking yeah. why keep digging into it you know and the odds are if you're given a motion in a competitive debate it's fairly balanced there are arguments on both yeah. sides so you've just got to keep digging in and arguing back and forth yeah it's so important because as you know, at the start of the conversation, you were saying about the children saying, I'm a great debater, but you're only actually giving one side of your argument. So to actually look at it from another side is really, really good. Exactly. Yeah. I'll always tell them I had a student a few years ago who gave me the most amazing definition of debating. She said, it's a respectful clash of ideas. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> I just thought I like that was it. so great because it's, it covers everything because it is a clash. There is a conflict there. Yeah. But it is about being respectful and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's discussing big ideas, you know, it's, it's getting them to think about big principles, big ideas, rights, duties, freedoms, things like that. It's amazing. God, that's so great. Yeah. And also, I think kids are just so much better informed about more global and social issues, you know, whether it's, whether it's human rights, whether it's global warming, no matter what it is, I think they're just much more clued in than, than we were, certainly. Oh, they are. Oh, yeah, and they, they definitely jump on a topic and go, oh, but, and then when they peel it back, they go, oh, actually, yeah, and we can look at it from this way. Mm. And, you know, certainly things like you said about homework and uniform, we always do the one um, that uniform should be a thing of the past. And we always try to oppose it then. And they're always like, oh, we hate wearing uniforms. But then actually when they come back to it, they're yeah. like, mm, I see the point of a uniform, you know, and it's really good, as you say, they yeah. are on all of these topics. And it is really good to, to, yeah. to hear what they have to say. But in terms of debating in the classroom, so outside of any competitive element, I think it can lead to just the most amazing lessons that you can have. And oh, I remember yeah. even when I gave homework a year or two ago on International Women's Day and I asked the girls to, because I teach all girls, in fact, I'm the only man in the entire school. So okay. I always say to them, you know, you, you, I'm the only person in the school who has no experience of being a girl or being a woman. So, you know, I'm, I'm at a disadvantage here, you know, and yeah. And I just got them to write a piece about what they thought of International Women's Day and various questions to answer. And then the following morning, when they came in, I said, OK, let's just let's just spend a couple of minutes just looking at some of the responses you gave. And we ended up talking from nine o'clock to twenty five past ten. And when yeah. I literally had to say, girls, we just need to go to break. And it was the most amazing discussion. And it brought in everything. It brought in, yeah. you know, politics, sport, fashion, school you know experiences in going shopping and just in everyday life and it was it was just it was unbelievable and and, yeah, and even though it was never planned as 
a debate or a formal debate of any kind, it still had all those same skills that you were bringing to the fore, the critical thinking, the language skills, the oral language. It was just, it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, and they, you know, they, they often get more from those lessons than they do from sitting looking at the book. You could have been having the same oh, kind of, you know, and, and you're not following your timetable. Is that on your plan? Probably not. But I think I can stand over that. If an inspector walks in, I'll be like, look at the learning that's going on here. Yeah. It's the same with us last week. We were talking about our debate. We were kind of pulling it out, teasing it out and everything. And like you, I was like, we'll talk about this now for a few minutes. And then I want to do the art, lads. Okay, so for art, we're going to do... Now, Miss Corbley, what about... And I was like, okay. And we, we kept talking. I said, okay, so we need to get the art done. And I'm kind of like, the art ha- takes time here, guys. And I'm like, lads, I'm asking you to do art. And this conversation went on for over an hour. And I was like, this is incredible. Because they kept coming in with things they had locked up. And, and my dad said, and I was talking about... And you know when we said, but what about the opposite to that? And it was just incredible. It was so valuable like that's engagement in its like purest form oh absolutely and you're not you're not always leading it as the teacher the -hmm. children are which i i just think is amazing yeah you know i just i think it's great to be part of those discussions yeah and i think another aspect of it is that you know ireland has become a lot more multicultural than it was when when we were in school so Mm -hmm. the reality is that if you're talking about an area of history or a social issue even or certainly a particular part of the world there's a good chance that a kid in the class knows more about it than you do and, and can take the lead in a discussion like exactly. that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's wonderful, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's funny because, and, th- and this isn't debating related at all, but um, I had a period a couple of weeks ago where, have you ever heard of the poem Pretty Ugly? Basically, you read it, I think I put it up on my Instagram, um, but you read it from start to finish and it's really about a negative oh, yes. self-worth or the, the poor sees themselves in a really negative way and then you read it the other way up and it's all about like the beauty of life and stuff but um I did that with my class intending it being you know like 20 minutes you know literacy lesson and then you know get them to you know think that way about poems and so anyway what what I had intended it completely went down a very very positive rabbit hole where we ended up having conversations about how we can take care of ourselves and how how pe- how we see ourselves and the relationships we have with people. And at one point, I know he went into his room and I, we, we have connecting rooms. And I closed the door because I was like, nope. I was, <laughs> this is we're talking. for me in my class. But it ended up like the girls were sharing so much, like completely unprompted. And it ended up being this really pure moment of like connection and sharing. And oh, and the girls have even said it's, one of their highlights of the term like it was just such a meaningful conversation that started with something completely unrelated but it ended up being like this really meaningful um class discussion it was just fabulous yeah and i think it's finding that balance for when you need to be reactive rather than proactive in your teaching even this morning i've no idea what it was about but a conversation started to do with feeling under pressure or how to perform under pressure something like that and i said oh hold on well here you go and i showed them a video of this was surprised no one that I'm an enormous nerd. I showed them a video of Magnus Carlsen, who's the best chess player in the world, in a match in the World Blitz Championship, I think, when it was a three-minute match and he showed up two and a half minutes late and then he has to come in and play with only 30 seconds on the clock. And he ends up winning the game. And so that then sparks its own discussion and it's not a lesson you've planned in any way. But, but yeah, it's something that you can just say, okay, do you know what? In the moment, this is a decision I'm making to try and bring the best out of my class right at this second and and yeah i think you gotta you gotta just be be prepared to to react to the situation in in front of you yeah but that's just a great learning opportunity for everyone you know 
you have to go with it. You just have to go with the flow. Yeah, I know. Listen, going with the flow is just so important. I remember a, a teacher friend telling me before that when she was on placement, her inspector was in. And while she was teaching a lesson, a tractor went by the school window. And all the children were obviously so excited and they were trying to get up out of the seats and have a look out the window. And she made a big thing about, you know, trying to get them back in their seats and continue on with the maths lesson. And her inspector said to her afterwards, listen, you're probably just better off to let them go have a look out the window and then to have a conversation about the tractor. Yeah, because if, you, if you're trying to bring them back, you've spent five minutes trying to get them back and they're all still, what's that's not what, you know. Whereas if you just go with it, it'll take two minutes and it'll be over. <laughs> yeah, and the reality is as well, build it into whatever you're doing, you know. Yeah. Oh, that tractor is driving down the road and it's going to turn at a right angle or it's going to... Can you remember your formula for time, distance and speed? <laughs> do it, or whatever, you know, whatever lesson it, it fits into. You're doing Irish. Co will shake dull, you know? Antaracore. Like, Antaracore. Co will Antaracore. be anything. The opportunities are endless. But like, I think, you know, the sporting achievements are amazing. And like, we have a very good sporting school. We play different sports and we, you know, we have good sports teams. But sometimes the non-sporting kids can get a bit forgotten about. So I just think debating, you know, like this girl in my class now, there was just a fire in her. And we all, we couldn't believe it. As I say, we all had tears in our eyes and goosebumps. And we were all like, wow, wow. So for her, she is just gains. If she gets nothing else out of sixth class, she has gained so much. Oh, 100%. And I think it's also like they see themselves in a different light. They realize that they're good at this thing. But also others see them differently. And, and they know that others see them differently. So it's just such a boost in so many ways for a child, I think. Like the girl in my class, and I mean this very, very kindly, she's so quiet, I think, that the others kind of kind of forget about her a little bit. I've got quite strong personalities in my classroom, and she's such a gorgeous girl, but I think she gets lost in all of their strong personalities. Well, when she walked back into the room today, I'd say you could hear the screaming, they, the cheers for Aww. her, the screech, and everybody patting her on the back, and I just thought, that for her as well, you know? That's so lovely. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Because she's not in the middle of it all the time, you know. She's so timid and so quiet and yeah. they just get on with it and they get on with the melee all the time. But she was just, she was the star of the show. And the, the three of them, you know. Aww. And it was. I just thought that's what it's about. Oh, listen, sure. What that can do for a child's self-worth is just incredible. Oh, yeah. And even maybe relationships in the classroom, the others will go, oh, God, yeah, you know, I must have a chat to her about the debate and then you can have friendships flourishing and, you know, with maybe people who mightn't have otherwise. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot more to it than actually getting up and doing the debating and winning a competition. And I suppose one thing I'd say, because I'd be aware that maybe some teachers would be nervous about bringing it in. It's like anything else. You do not have to be good at this topic. The kids are the debaters. The kids are going to lead it. You're just facilitating them, you know? Yeah. We've talked before. I'm not very confident in art. I'm more confident in music. You know, people always think that I must have done lots of debating. I was useless at debating. I did some in college. I was dreadful. Always enjoyed public speaking, but something about debating never really worked for me. But I'm happy leading them in doing it. And it like, like when I do chess with them, you know? I'm very confident that many of them will be destroying me at chess by the time they leave school. And that's great, you know? It's just about being there to yeah. lead them in it. And, and one thing I say to them, come back to the public speaking, it's probably the number one fear, isn't it? 
fear of public speaking. Most adults are afraid of public speaking, you know? So oh, 100%. That's something yeah. that I think, again, that can give them that little boost of confidence and also make them realize yeah, it is hard, but once you get used to it, you know, it can be really, really enjoyable. I have done loads and loads of public speaking over the years. I'm a teacher. I do it all the time. But if I have to speak at a staff meeting, the heat rises up here. I get, oh, I hate oh. it. I hate it. <laughs> and I start talking really fast. And I'm, you know, and I, and I can feel that I'm really hot and I just want to... Get this over with. I'm just going to get my point and done. So it's so funny that like there I am telling the girls and I'm like confidence, you know, shoulders back, speak slowly. Yeah. And then I go into a staff meeting and I hate it. Yeah, but I think acknowledging that fear in adults as well is, is can be very helpful for them too, you know. I was doing a debate yesterday and one of the kids got up and you know, sort of started off and then then sort of faltered and then ultimately was like, oh, can I just sit down? And I, you know, I said to her, you can if you want to, but, you know, you're doing great. So if you want to just give me maybe one more point that you've got. And she, you know, she gave a little bit more, got a little bit further and, and then sat down. But then mm. all the others at her table were kind of saying, oh, that was great. That was really good. Well done, you know. So they know as well. You know, they're yeah, good they at looking do. after each other, I think. They're good at knowing when someone needs support. So it isn't easy getting up in front of people. But, you know, I think, yeah, I just think what you can gain from it. even And yeah. it's, it's, it's the kids succeeding in their own way. So for someone's success might be winning a debating competition, but for that girl, maybe success was just getting up and speaking for 30 seconds in front of her class. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, you know, nothing wrong with being a little bit outside their comfort zone. It's like when I went on the roller coaster, you know? Uh, you know what? Where are those photos, you? Because those photos, when you sent those photos, I went directly into my principal. I was like, look at these! But no, where are those photos? They're so funny. I mean, they're now on the wall in my classroom. Okay, I'm going to take a photo. Um, Hugh looks petrified. Mm-hmm. And it's very enjoyable. And the child whose hand I'm holding looks... Squeezing, not holding. That's true. Squeezing, crushing, really. <laughs> so you need to put up your dancing classes and your roller coaster. Oh, roller coaster. Nobody wants to see us dancing, Gillian. Well, speak for yourself, Jane. You know, my dancing is not like any other dancing you'll see. That's very true. Okay, so debating, right? <laughs> Just say I wanted to start debating in my classroom. What would I do? So I always start with a brainstorm of what is debating and why do we do debating so that the children can see the why behind it and the skills that they might learn, the skills that they have. That would always be where I'd start. Then I would give them a motion and I, like Hugh said, I would pick it apart. Like what we did when we got our, for our motion last week was we put it up on the, the whiteboard and I literally just divided the whiteboard in half and they were all writing up bits and pieces. So they had to look at it from both sides. And then I kept saying to them, so you've written on this side, write on that side as well. Getting them talking to each other, giving them time to talk to each other. So as in, this is our motion, go for three minutes, talk. And you know what it is. And then you do your brainstorm and then come back up, now talk for three minutes. And their, their conversations can be quite different. Then I actually, so I linked it with procedural or persuasive writing. So we did our notes as to how you form persuasive writing, what it's used for, blah, blah, blah. So we haven't gone near writing a speech. So this could take you a week. Yeah, the speech is miles away, you know. And I always say that when I put them into the groups at first, you know, I just want to hear a conversation. I want to hear you talking to each other. I want to see conversation going on. I don't want to see anyone saying, oh, well, I'm going to take this point and I'm going to take this point. We're way away from that. We need to be starting as many points as you possibly can. There could be good ones. There could be bad ones. Other teams' points. Everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, your last thing that you're doing is is your full speech. You're, then you've got your editing, your drafting, and then your full speech, and then you're practicing. 
that's kind of the way we did it. Now I know we were kind of a formal competition, but I would still kind of use a very similar approach, maybe on a tighter time scale, but I would definitely, I'd give two weeks for a debate. It'd be like Friday week is our debate. Today's Monday. This is the way our two weeks is going to go. Yeah, and you're, you're just covering so much there as well. One of our teachers said one day, you've got the will, the skill and the thrill. So the will to use, this is what I want to be able to do. These are the skills I'm learning. And then the thrill is being able to use it. So at the very end of the two weeks, you know, your oral language, your writing and your reading there, they're all covered. And as well, then bringing in what skills does a good debater need? So you're looking at that then as well. So your actual presentation your, shall we say, performance of it, what skills do they need? Yeah, which are different again. Again, you cover so many skills and, and different students will find their different areas of strength. Yeah, they do. I, I hope that was helpful. No, absolutely it was. And I think talking about the skills is really interesting because I think as well as asking them to point out what skills a debater needs, and they often come up with, with things you, you'd like, you know, like you don't want to read, you want to sound interested in your speech, you want to make eye contact, you know? But then I think it's also to reassure them as well, because I've had lots yeah. of children over the years who've said things like, oh, you want to make sure you're not stuttering or stammering. And I think, you know, it's really important that there you say, well, do you know what? Lots of people have different sorts of speech impediments. And the important thing is that you're using your own voice, you know, to the best of your ability. And the example I always give is Cicero, who was apparently one of the greatest orators of all time, but had a terrible stammer. So it's more just about... Now, obviously, you don't want them saying um and um the whole time yeah. or ending their speeches and yeah. That's a particular bugbear of mine. But but yeah, again, it's just empowering them to say, no, this is who I am, this is my voice, this is what I'm going to say. And I think yeah. that's really important. And can I ask, do they, do they always start everything with... So basically, because mine are constantly <laughs> yeah. doing that. So basically, or yeah, but no. Yeah, so basically, no, I do so basically a <laughs> yeah. bit as well. But um, I think the short debate lessons are useful as well. And, and the other thing I'd say is it doesn't have to just be the older classes. I think you can do it with younger classes and you just have to tailor it to the to the particular age and, and abilities of the group i think so and i think as well those mini debates in the classroom have so much value and you can use that as a methodology then in your planning you know you can do your quick debates and you know split the classroom each go to this side yes no don't know all of those and i think they have great values because it gets them thinking on the spot and that can get them then practicing rebuttal then as they get older so if you can say to them you know okay so you're standing at the yes why do you agree with the motion you're standing at the no and then as you said here you can say well what's their view what why why would you or why would you not yeah. and they're saying but I'm at the no and they said but yeah but give me the yes because then they're thinking on their on their feet and they're getting the rebuttal and you know that is such a, a skill and you it's very hard to practice that unless you're constantly doing it you know yeah. and that's where you can get very nervous because I've practiced my speech I know exactly I've researched I've done it but now I have to talk about what you've just said yeah I think those mini debates have so much value as well because it gets that's the the rebuttal yeah and I think any sort of public speech game as well to make it easier and to make them more comfortable with speaking in public yeah. so one I often do at the start of the year is random words in a hat they pick one out and they have to talk about it for a minute but they're really boring words it's like mud or toes or yeah. shoes or something like that and then they have to talk about that or the sky and it's really interesting to see what they come up with yeah Another one I do slightly different is they all have to make up a word. They write down a word on a piece of paper that doesn't exist and someone else then pulls it out of the hat and then they have to describe what a flambanky is, you know, and then you're like, oh, well, it's actually when a hedgehog 
falls on top of a giraffe during a thunderstorm and they turn blue and and they just have so much fun with that like they love it so much and then the other one is i tell them all you've got to pick a famous person and they love this they get very excited and then you say okay now you are that famous person and then what happens is they have to stand up you do it maybe with groups of five at a time and you say okay so all you five celebrities are in a hot air balloon and it's going down so we got to chuck someone out. Oh, I am totally taking that idea. And you have I love one it. minute each to explain why you, that famous person, shouldn't be chucked out of the balloon. And then the arguments they come up with, it's funny because they get so passionate about it. And some of it, they're really attacking each other. Like, they're like, what do you mean, Einstein? All you did was like loads of boring inventions. Whereas like my songs <laughs> are amazing. Or the other thing that happens very quickly is they'll say, well, I'm really rich. So if you don't vote me out of the balloon, I'll give you all money. And then the class votes on who should be kicked out of the balloon. And then you have the four left in the balloon who are all celebrating because they've survived. And then you say, listen, well done, but bad news, we're still going down. We need to chuck out someone else. And oh, I love now that. they have to make another argument and they can't use the same points. So then they have to think about other reasons why. So it's just, yeah, I think it's a great fun game. And again, all these games, they're designed to be low pressure. You know, they're designed to make it easy. Yeah. No one expects you to get up and talk incredibly creatively about mud if you're yeah. 11. But it gives you a chance to get up there, speak for a bit, probably make people laugh. And then you sit down again and feel great about yourself. I love that. I'm totally stealing that in my classroom. Okay, no, you know, I'm so tempted to just be like, okay, this is your debating topic. Hugh, you're for, Gillian, you're against, go. I was oh. wondering how unfair that would be. I think Let's my internet on. might be glitching. My internet's cutting out here. Gillian, <laughs> <laughs> you've talked us through, I suppose, the more formal debate, the mini debate. We've talked about games and things. You've, you've basically given Jane all of her lessons for the next two weeks. So that's very handy. Is there any final bit of advice you'd like to give to anyone looking to use debating in their class? I definitely think, and going back to what you said to you, just go for it. Even if it's not your thing, even if it's not, you know, if you're nervous or you're not, you don't feel you're a great public speaker yourself, I think just go for it. You know, you can, if you've more than one stream in your class, you can, or in your school, you can do like sixth against sixth. You could do sixth against fifth. Yeah. You could ring the other school down the road and say, lads, do you fancy doing a Zoom debate? I think just go for it. And you could be surprised, you might love it. Well, Gillian, thank you so much for coming on. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to chat. You can find Gillian at the Glitter and Coffee Teacher. And you can find us at That'll Teach You Podcast. Please rate and review. Let us know any other topics you would like to hear about. Please have a look through our back catalogue and listen to all of our episodes and let us know how much you love us. <laughs> always, always important. That's what we're in it for. You can also listen to my other podcast, which is Legitimate Likes. It's a comedy podcast that has oh, about 130 episodes in the back catalogue, a few of which Jane was on. So check I that was. out as well. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.